Good morning. We just welcome you to all come in, find a spot to sit. And you can all stand for the first song. Welcome each one of you here um, as we celebrate Pentecost together um, in the songs that we've chosen. Maybe the Holy Spirit's name isn't specifically in there, but as we see the Trinity working together, um, just reflect on that in his work, their work in, in us and around us. Um, I invite you to um, turn or just Actually, just listen to Psalm 104. I'm going to be reading from 24 to 35. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There's the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number. 
living things both large and small. There the ships go, to and fro, and Leviathan, which you formed to frolic there. All creatures look to you and give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up, and when you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified, and when you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever, and may the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. But may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. God, I thank you that you are present. We just invite you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit here. And um, help us to have listening ears to hear you as well. Amen. Um, have a seat. We're going to sing two songs that we have song, sung together before in church, but might be a bit new to you as well. So join us as you feel comfortable.
And in that belief, I uh, invite you to sing and stand with us for the last song. we pray for the offering. I invite you to put your hands out and uh, just offer ourselves and the things God has given us. God, we give you our time, our money, um, the things we have to you. Uh, use them to your honor and glory. Amen. I invite you to sit down and um, as the worship team goes down, um, I invite you to turn to Acts 2.
Lyndon read this scripture passage in Sunday school, and as he read it, I thought, oh boy, um, there are some words coming up that I'm going to be reading that I have read before, but um, maybe not in public. So don't let the words that I may misspell, I mean, mispronounce, <laughs> be a distraction to you. Um, <laughs> so, all right, everyone's found their spot. We'll be reading Acts 2, 1 to 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't these who are speaking Galatians? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Eliamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius, and Asia, Phryga and Pamphylia, Egypt and other parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. And then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It is only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. Before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The word of the Lord. This will just be a little rep report, I guess, on Abundant Springs. Um, so thank you everyone for praying for myself and Sarah and Thundra who went to Abundant Springs last weekend. Um, it was a really good weekend with lots of other youth and leaders from the EMC conference. So that was really encouraging to see everyone together and just to be encouraged in our faith for an entire, you know, four days where that was what we were really thinking about and um, focusing our attention on Jesus. So we had a few workshops that we went to together. We went to one about mental health and why it matters, and that was really, really helpful. Uh, counselor and pastor was the one who did that and had lots of helpful and relevant information to share. And the worship times were really meaningful as well. Um, and the speaker really challenged us to um, follow Jesus and know, or to think about what is our next step? So just like Peter stepped out of the boat towards Jesus, what is the thing Jesus is calling us to step into um, and follow him in that? So it's a good challenge going forward for myself and for um, 
Sarantandra to think about and all of us to think about what is our next step. So thanks again for everyone for donating and for praying. Um, it was a meaningful time. It was very tiring, so I'm glad that doesn't happen every weekend, but it was, it was really good. It was really meaningful for me to have Bethany there as well. We, we got to have a couple of mealtime conversations. And uh, it was also significant, I think, to see all these different groups come together. Uh, Abundant Springs, you know, as a, a gathering of our conference's youth, is supposed to happen every two years, but there was a gap because of the pandemic. And so it had been four years since we were all together. And so seeing people from as far west and north as Vanderhoof, BC, in Lacrete, Alberta, and high level, and then all the way through to Manitoba. This was the 40-year anniversary of Abundant Springs, and there were a couple of people there that had been at the first one, uh, still doing uh, support roles uh, all these years later. And uh, yeah, in a way, it was a little bit like what we just heard Charlene read, uh, people from all over the place coming together, and it just was so encouraging to see. We're still hoping that the churches in Ontario will someday make the trip, but that hasn't happened recently. It's just a little too far. Our theme uh, for the weekend was HELD, H-E-L-D, and HELD was uh, pictured as Jesus the shepherd holding a lamb. And so one of the songs we sang this weekend was the one we just did, He Will Hold, us fa he will hold Me Fast, and that was beautiful. Um, I'm just going to say a few more things that happened there that I thought were significant and, uh, and then end off with a personal experience. Uh, in addition to the speaking and, and worshiping sessions that we had, there was also a concert by a, a rap artist who was very worshipful and encouraging for the youth. Uh, there was youth group time after every session so that the, the leaders and their, their own teenagers could unpack what had just been talked about. There was a dance team that performed, and that was, that was one of the highlights of my weekend. They kind of told a story in the form of dance, and it was uh, pretty powerful. And then uh, the last kind of big entertainment thing was Matt Falk, the comedian. And so he got to do some things he doesn't always get to do. He was talking to Mennonites, so he could kind of pull out his Mennonite angles on things and, uh, and get a little vulnerable, too, about how, how hard it is to, to do some of the things he's, he's done uh, or you know, even just to pursue comedy as a calling. So that was really interesting. Um, so the two personal things I wanted to share were how the travel was also part of the experience. I got to travel with, you could say, kind of the conference uh, bigwigs, our conference pastor and his wife, and our executive director. And the reason we were traveling together was because we were all on the prayer team together. So that was meaningful to start praying on the way for what the weekend would hold, and, uh, and also to talk about, you know, where our conference is headed. And then uh, to meet other prayer team members on the way, uh, or once we got there, and uh, I stayed with a, a fellow 
who was in his 70s and just the most enthusiastic praying with youth kind of guy that I've ever met. So that was, that was inspiring. And uh, my takeaway from the speaking, which is what Bethany just referred to as Jesus and uh, walking on the water, that whole image, the phrase that stuck with me was, Jesus isn't in the supposedly safe boat pushing you out. Jesus is standing in the seemingly impossible place inviting you to walk on the water. Please bow with me as we dismiss the kids' children's church. Dear God, we thank you for each and every one of the children of our congregation. God, we pray that they will have a good time in children's church. We pray that they will learn new things or have a lot of fun. We pray for the teachers to give them the words to say and the energy to say it. Lord, we put that before you, and we look forward to seeing the result. Now we pray for our service as well. We pray a blessing on it. God, we pray we will hear you. Pray these things in your name. Amen. All right. Down the hall. That way. All right. If you have your bulletins on you, now is the time to pull them out. There are a bunch of things on there. There's a bunch of things that we need to add as well. So, first off, you will probably see uh, on the back table, and by probably, I mean I put them there myself, there are two notebooks there. And uh, if you went to uh, the memorial for Frank Bennett this past Wednesday, you will know what those notebooks are. But if you didn't get the opportunity to, they are notebooks that were actually written by Frank himself. And in there, there is a bunch of sermons that he wrote. There's a bunch of songs that he found meaningful as well as songs that he wrote. And here I will put it out to all of you guys. If anybody knows how to write a tune and wants to put the lyrics uh, of one of those songs to it, that would be a neat thing to do. Come talk to me about that. But those are some pretty profound words in there. And so I figured let's put it out for the edification of everyone. If you want to see what Frank wrote, there's two journals in the back. I'd encourage you to check them out. I'll keep them there for a little bit. And then after that, they'll probably either come into my office or something like that. But check them out. All right, as to events, uh, Tuesday, 7.30, there's going to be a bridal shower for uh, Amber at the church, uh, so make sure to uh, come on out for that. That is going to be a wonderful time of showing our support. Uh, that is, again, Tuesday at 7.30. Uh, next, Wednesday, 2 p.m., prayer meeting at the church. Thursday, 7.30 to 9.30 is going to be girls' Bible study at Bethany's house, and then... Uh, next Sunday, all sorts of stuff. There is Sunday school, there is the worship service, and then there is also the care home service next Sunday after church at 3 p.m. Uh, that is a move from originally it was going to be uh, on the 11th, but we rescheduled with West End because West End, they have their Sunday school picnic next week, and we have ours in two weeks, so we figured, why not swap? Make it easier for everyone. And so... 3 p.m. next Sunday is our care home service. On deck to be speaking next Sunday is Gord, uh, Gord Murray. So make sure to come on out to hear him. I will 
Well, it's the EMC Conference Council and Festival Weekend, so I'll be involved with EMC stuff, whatever that might be. But uh, that is next weekend. Skipping down, today is the day of prayer for camp. So uh, while it is just today, at the same time over the week to come, I would encourage you to pray for particularly the people we know that are related to camps and the camps of our region. Uh, Valley View, Circle Square, and when I think about uh, camps, I also think of Bill McCaskill at One Hope Canada and the good work that he is doing there, getting things like this out to us. So we want to pray for all of them as we will in just a couple moments' time. And then you see there, EMC Festival is next weekend. Uh, that is sure to be an interesting time. If you want to come out yourself, you can look at emconference.ca. You'll find a breakdown of all of the things that are going to be going on next weekend there. Uh, and if you are looking for someone to sit by for conference council when we go through all of the business of the conference, then you can come and sit beside me. I love that type of thing. So that's next weekend. Uh, the Sunday School Picnic is going to be on June 11th. Uh, it's June 11th. It is going to start at 10.45 a.m. as our services do, and it is going to be a Sunday school picnic, which means it's going to be a great time. I am going to make sure there's barbecues out there. There is going to be games out there for kids. There is going to be a fun time of just getting to know each other over a wrap-up to Sunday school for the year. So make sure to put that on your uh, radar. If you know anybody that uh, has kids that likes to play games or likes free food, feel free to invite them out as well. June 13th is going to be the baby shower for Carrie and Adeline Sawatsky here at the church. Uh, I want to make a note about that one. Uh, I have mistakenly said it was at 7 o'clock. It is not. Here it's right, 7.30. So remember that, 7.30 at the church is when that one is. So if you ever see it say seven anywhere, that's because I messed up. 7.30 on June 13th. All right, are there any other announcements? I feel comfortable enough to, in this congregation just to share a little bit of a blessing in our lives. And it's a huge blessing to me that this coming um, well, 60 years ago today, I would have been a very excited young girl getting ready to marry this fellow. And it happened on June the 1st. And um, it's been quite a journey, as you can imagine, <laughs> as you know, Tony. It's been wonderful, thankful. And when I heard that song, Great is Our God, absolutely and we've had our ups and downs, but we're so grateful. And this coming Sunday, while the children are coming on June the 1st, we're having a big family celebration, and uh, just very, very thankful. Mm. <laughs> That's all. Congratulations. <laughs> All right, any other announcements? All right, so going to a time of prayer. Uh, we're gonna spend some time praying about Valley View and Circle Square, and we're gonna toss in uh, One Hope 
as well. I also know our church has some connections to Turtle Mountain, so we're going to throw them in. And for me personally, I grew up in the Interlake, and that is the land of Beaver Creek and Camp Arness. So I want to throw them into our prayers as well. They're all in that midst of gearing up. They all are... I'm always a little surprised. Every last one of them is always asking for people that are interested in working there for the summer. And every last one of them is casting their net for people that are going to come on out for the summer. And it's always down to the wire. And yet they always, God provides in the end. So we want to say thank you. And we also want to pray for those camps as well. Uh, Henry Buchert is still in the hospital as of Friday, was still waiting for the MRI, so we want to pray that that speeds up. Uh, Until he has that information, there's only so much that uh, rehab can do, and so we want to pray that the MRI comes uh, to see if there is a fracture or how the fracture would be in his leg and that information, so we want to pray for that. Uh, We want to pray, as we've heard about Abundant Springs, for a lasting impact uh, that Abundant Springs will have over the young people of our our conference. Uh, I know from other pastors all across the conference that their young people were there and also had that amazing time that we heard about. And so we want to pray that the Spirit continues to work through them. And I want to add on... Also, and this one is actually quite sad, uh, Ariel, who is the foster sister of uh, Lyndon Gunther, uh, her baby passed away on Monday. Her baby was only three months old. Uh, It's one of those freak accidents. And so we want to pray for Ariel. We want to pray for uh, the Gunther family. We want to pray for her entire family as well. The... Family viewing and the wake begins tonight and the service will be tomorrow, so. Can't even imagine. So let's go into a time of prayer. Dear God, when there are heavy things to pray about, we first want to start with the light. And so God, we want to pray for a praise for you. God, we want to pray for the good work that the, the camps will do this summer. First off, we want to pray for Valley View. We want to pray for Henry and Michael up there as they are scrambling to get all of the workers that they are going to need for the coming year. God, we pray that you put exactly who needs to be there into place so that they will hit the ground running when the first week opens up. God, we pray that all of the rest of the spots that will be open will fill over the time, and then also that when the time comes, those last-minute spots open up for the people that didn't even think they could make so they can. God, we look forward to hearing how a new generation will come to you. We look forward to hearing how All of the people there have their idea of who you are challenged and torn down and built up and reconstructed just with a closer vision of who you are, as only camp can do. God, we pray that out the far end 
of this summer, we will see your kingdom built through the work of Valley View. And we pray the same thing for Circle Square as well. We thank you so much, as Dan shared with me earlier this week, that they got a couple year-long staff that they weren't expecting so that they know that they are in a good place. God, we pray that they will also do a wonderful thing, building your kingdom in the areas that they do. Circle Square draws a lot of kids from downtown Winnipeg that this is the highlight of their year. This is when they get out of the city. This is when they see everything around them, and they see it with a good person in Dan and the rest of the staff there. So, God, we pray that it will be a refreshing time, and we pray that it will just be enlightening. We pray that they will see you in ways that they didn't even know exist, that you will open their eyes to who you are. Lord, that we pray for Circle Square. And God, we pray for Turtle Mountain as well. Learning a little bit more about them, a couple weeks back at the concert, we thank you for their mission that they have. We thank you for the people that they reach out to in Brandon and in the area around Turtle Mountain as well as across the province and from outside the province as well. And so God, we pray for the leadership there. We pray that it will be a good summer. We pray that they will find whoever it is that they need so that they can get up and running. And we thank you for their dedicated alumni and the good work that they do in promoting the cause. But God, we pray that Turtle Mountain will have a wonderful year. In the same way, we pray for Bill off at One Hope. We thank you that he has truly found the thing that makes him run like nothing other. And we pray that you give a continued blessing to him in that role. It is electric to see him in that role, and so we pray that he continues on strong. God, we pray for him, particularly in light of the last couple months. Losing family members is always hard, as Bev has, and we just want to continue to lift them both up to you that we want to pray. And God, we want to pray also for RNS and for Beaver Creek and Gimli Bible Camp as well, the ones that I know most. God, I know that they have changed an awful lot since I was there, but I know that that core of wanting to share the gospel is still alive and well. And so God, we pray that that is what they do and they do it well. We pray that they will bring the good news to a new generation and that the interlake will be blessed because of it. God, we pray for camps this summer and we look forward to seeing what you will do this fall as a result. And God, we have other things we wish to bring before you as well. Also in praise, we want to Thank you for Tony and Astrid and 60 years. God, we pray that next week with their anniversary, it is a wonderful time of reminiscing and being with family. Lord, we thank you for the witness that both of them have lived out in this congregation and to the world around them. 
And we just thank you for them. And we pray, bless them in their marriage to come as well. And God, we want to also pray for Abundant Springs. We thank you for the news that has come out about the success the weekend has been. And God, we want to pray that it continues to be in the forefront of the minds of all of the young people as they have returned home now. We want to pray that that enthusiasm comes to the church and that the church does not shut it down as sometimes happens because that is exactly the energy, exactly the life-giving blood that we truly need, the energy of youth. And Lord, we thank you for that. We also pray that any questions that come up are asked. We pray that the impact will be seen far and wide. And now, God, we want to bring the things before you that are hard for us. First, Henry. It's been over a week now that he's been in the hospital. And God, we want to pray that the MRI comes soon. It must be truly frustrating. Especially that this is on top of a truly hard last couple months for him as well. And so, God, we pray for healing. We pray that the MRI happens soon so that rehab knows exactly what needs to be done in order to get him healed up. We pray that he will be out of the hospital soon and home. And we pray that when he gets home, whatever needs to happen so that this doesn't happen again, that is what is put into place. But, God, we pray comfort Henry during this time. And as we pray for comfort, we also pray for Ariel. Lord, we don't know what to say in situations like this. But we do know to ask, please be there. Please be there for her. Please be there for the family, please. Be there. Amen. If you have your Bibles on you, I'd ask you to pull them out to Acts chapter 2 when we look at Pentecost, because today is Pentecost Sunday. We're going to start in verse 1, and while it keeps going on past 21, that's where we're going to, we're going to stop it there, from 1 to 21. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. And this is an, a very important passage for the life of the church, for many reasons, but one is because we get to see the beginning of the church Proper. This together with ascension, we come to the beginning of the church proper, as we see it today. And so, as we begin our passage, it comes not too terribly long after the ascension, a few days later. In between there, they appoint another uh, apostle to replace Judas. And so... All of them are together. 
We aren't really told where they are. I like to assume that they are in that same room where they have spent a lot of time uh, following the, the death of Christ and his resurrection and then the ascension after that. But they are together. That is what we are told. And we can say that they're planning what is going to come next. And suddenly, a mighty wind comes, a mighty windstorm. And that's a fitting thing, a mighty windstorm, as it just rumbles everything around them and just shakes them to their core. It's a fitting thing because think of all the times in the Old Testament where we've seen the Spirit of God act. And one of the ones that comes first to our mind is Moses and the, and the splitting of the waters and the mighty wind comes down. The word for wind in Hebrew is actually the same as the wind for word for spirit is the same as the word for breath. And so that this mighty windstorm comes. And that is what we are told that the spirit coming into this room is like that. It just draws our memory to the Old Testament, draws our memory to the other times that God's spirit has been poured out onto his followers. And that has gone on with further where suddenly we're told that there's tongues of flame over top of each and every one of the apostles. And apart from just being a, that's just a puzzling image in and of itself. But again, that's what we see with Moses, isn't it? There's a burning bush that just talks to him. And we don't know why it talks. We just know that God is in it and the bush doesn't burn up. And that's almost what you see when the power of God is in things. There's that talking and that same burning bush that doesn't burn and that sends out Moses to do his will. Now that same power, it comes upon the apostles, on each and every one of them. And as it does, just as the bush spoke, now they do as well. And they just speak and they speak and they speak. And then they go out to the streets. And there is people there from every nation, we are told. We think of Pentecost as a Christian holiday, but originally it wasn't. Originally it was a Jewish holiday, the Feast of Weeks. It's, if you think of like the story of Cain and Abel, how the first of what they grew is what they, they sacrificed to God. That's what the Feast of Weeks is. And it's also called Pentecost because it comes 50 days after Easter, which is the Passover. And so there, there are people there from every nation. They are there in Jerusalem to sacrifice the first of what they have to God in the temple. And then into this, the apostles run out into the streets and they are still talking with that same power of the Holy Spirit. And as they are talking, we are told that the people that are there, they begin to take note. I don't know if any of you have ever been in a place before where they don't speak English and you're the only English speaker and you don't speak their language and then suddenly someone does. It's like a moth to a flame. You just pay attention to them as if they are speaking straight to you and it's that same kind of thing that is happening here as they listen to the apostles and how are they speaking my language, not the language that I have come here. They're not speaking Aramaic at that point. They're speaking my home language. They are speaking directly to me. And we have people from across the world, and all of them are hearing 
the Spirit through the apostles speak directly to them, and they are drawn to it. And that gospel message that they are speaking, their ears are open to it, and they, we are told, are in awe. Perplexed, but in awe. How many of us didn't begin our own walk with Jesus with exactly those two descriptors? Perplexed, yet in awe. But there was some people, as there always are, that have ears but do not hear. These men are drunk, is what they level at them. Day drinking, I guess it would be. Obviously, they're just speaking in babbles. Obviously, they are just nonsense. And to this, Peter takes quite a bit of exception. And so, he stands up. He steps forward, we are told there. In verse 14, And then he begins to address everyone. We are not drunk. Marking the first time somebody says that to you outright and you can actually believe them. We are not drunk. It's too early in the morning for that. No, what you see is instead what was predicted many years ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says he will pour out his spirit upon all People, your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams, and in those days I will pour out my spirit upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Depending upon what version you have, it also talks about, oh no, right there, it talks about servants as well as the free. It goes out of its way for us to know that all people, all of God's followers will have the Spirit poured upon them, not just some lucky few, but all. And when they do that, they will have the gifts of the prophet. They will prophesy. They will see visions. They will speak for God. And they will do so to such an extent that the entire world will hear so that all that will fall call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that is where we're going to end that. That is Pentecost. That is the day the Spirit came upon us believers on mass. That is the day that the church became what the church is this very day. Holy Spirit in each one of us, equipping us, sending us out to build the church, and in that way, pointing the way to Jesus Christ, who through the ascension is standing at the right hand of God the Father, advocating on our behalf, saying, those humans, that creation you made, isn't it about time that we set it to how it is meant to be? That is how things are right now. I think when we read the story of Pentecost, there's a weird disconnect that happens because we're told that in the last days, in the time before Christ comes again, that the Holy Spirit will be in each and every one of us. But then we read this story that is filled with just such fantastical things and 
we don't necessarily see that in our own lives. And so we kind of wonder, does that mean that the Spirit isn't in us in the same way? Like, do we feel like we are prophets going out there? Do we feel like we can speak in tongues in front of people that don't know our language one way or the other and be heard? These are the two things in this story that you see the Spirit doing most clearly through the apostles and most clearly in the early church. And often it doesn't feel like that is going on today. But nevertheless, in this story, we are shown two things that the Spirit does with believers, does with all believers, we are told. The Spirit comes upon believers, allowing them to speak in what we call tongues and comes upon all believers and allows them to prophesy. So how can those two things be true? How can it be that this is how the Spirit moves in us and yet also we don't see ourselves directly in here? How is it that we too are equipped to speak in tongues, we too are equipped to prophesy, and yet we don't necessarily see ourselves out there doing the fantastical that we think that that means. Well, the reason for that is somewhat because I think we often mistake the tool a little bit for the outcome. Now let's talk about what I mean by that. Let's talk first about tongues. I think that when we think about what it means to speak in tongues, we probably all have one of two examples, right? We either think of it like the apostles here, where they go and they speak languages that they do not know, and everyone before them understands, even though they are not from there. Like, they don't speak Aramaic like the apostles do. They don't speak Greek like the apostles do, and yet somehow, you know, I think that we partially think that's what it means to speak in tongues. And I think that the other way that we might think of when we think of speaking in tongues is speaking that language of heaven, right? Like the just, some of us would almost say it sounds like babbles and the others that can understand it instead sounds like the encouraging word of God, but at the same time it's by some for some, like you know that understanding of tongues. And those are both examples of tongues that are well documented. All throughout the history of the church, there is people that seem very much so to have that ability to go into a group of people that don't speak their language, and they're fine. As well as there are well-documented examples of people that speak in the other form of tongues, the language of heaven, the language that not everyone can, but it is meant for the encouragement. In this very room, there are people, I think, that are on both of those. So how is it, though, if those two things are what we think of as what it means to speak in tongues, yet we don't do that, how is it that we are gifted to speak in tongues ourselves? And here's what I said before. Don't mistake the tool for the outcome. Don't mistake the tool for the outcome. I think we often do that. Think about money, for instance. 
Quite often we think of money as like the ends in itself, right? The whole point of life is to get more money. But that's not true. The whole point of money is that you can do stuff with money. You can retire on money. You can go and make somebody's day better. You can travel the world. That's what you can do with money. The point of money is not the having money. The point of money is what it can do. And the same way goes with tongues, right? The point that we see when these apostles are speaking in tongues, is it that the Holy Spirit has come upon the apostles and suddenly they speak in tongues and that's the whole reason that the Holy Spirit does it to them, just so they can speak every language at once? Or is it instead so that through the apostles, everyone else that they are talking to can hear the gospel spoken for them. What is the purpose of tongues? Is it the ability to speak every language at once? Is it the ability to speak of the language of heaven? Or is it instead for the Holy Spirit to speak through you directly to the person you are speaking to? In this passage, we see it's the second. If it was just the apostles that were speaking on their own, then why would they ever have emerged from that room that they were in? Why would they have gone into the midst of the courtyards there and spoken to everyone there? The gift of tongues that has come upon the apostles here is a tool for a purpose, and that purpose is to spread the word of the Spirit the gospel of Jesus Christ. And while we often think of tongues just as that ability to speak all languages or that ability to speak the language of heaven for the edification of those around us, we all have that gift in our own different way, don't we? Because of how we were lifted up because of how we were raised, because of what we have gone through, because of what we have endured and learned and whatever else. Because of all of those life experiences, there are people that through us the Spirit can speak more directly than he otherwise would. Let me try explaining it a different way, if that doesn't make sense. When you think of what the gift of tongues is, think of it less like the ability to speak languages. Think of it less like the ability to speak in that language of heaven, and think of it instead like this. Think of yourself as a megaphone, right? And think of the spirit speaking into that megaphone. And there you will stumble upon what it means to speak in tongues. It is the Spirit speaking through you. You provide the dialect. You provide that ability to address directly. But it is the Spirit speaking through you that we see we have in us at the day of Pentecost with the Spirit in us. And that makes sense. I mean, think of all of the times that you have 
read your Bible, and then shared that with someone around you. That is the Spirit speaking through you. Think of all of the times when you have read your Bible and you've come across something that was just unique, that nobody else in that study group has come across, and you thought of that because you were raised in the way that you were raised. You've gone through the things that you have gone through, and because that, you see that aspect that other people might not have. That is the Spirit speaking through you. And at the day of Pentecost, we see that the Spirit is in us, speaking through us. And so when I say at Pentecost, we have all been gifted the gift of tongues. For some, that might mean languages of plenty. For some, that might mean the tongue of heaven itself. But for all, what it means is that now the Spirit is speaking through us. What we also see in our passage today is we are gifted in a different way as well. We are given the gifts, as Joel points out, of the prophet, the gift of prophecy, the gift of visions, the gift to be able to dream dreams. All people are given that gift. To which you might again be wondering, well, I can't see the future. I can't dream the big dreams. I don't have the ability to prophesy. What do you call somebody that has all of the gifts of a prophet? By my figuring, you would call that person a prophet, right? I think when we read this passage, we often get a bit distracted by what Joel is trying to point out by instead focusing just on the gifts part. What Joel is really driving home here is that in those last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all. And just as in my day, in Joel's day, the spirit came upon people individually and they were prophets in my name, in those days, all will be prophets in my name. All believers will be prophets in those days. Often when we think of what a prophet is, we tend to get a bit distracted by the flashy. We tend to be like prophets are the people that can see the future. We tend to be like prophets are those that, like Moses, split the waters by commanding the power of God. But that is, again, focusing on the tool instead of on the actual outcome. What a prophet in the Old Testament is, is far more down to earth than that. What a prophet in the Old Testament is, is someone that when the people of God go astray, lightly hits them with a goad to get them to go straight again. What a prophet in the Old Testament is, is think Jonah. When a nation begins to do everything in its power to tear down the will of God, the prophet is who goes there and tells them to smarten up. The prophets are the ones that lead God as we see throughout, sorry, not lead God, lead God's people. As we see time and time again through the book of Judges, as we see in Moses, the prophets are the ones who build 
that kingdom of heaven that is coming. They are the people on the ground. The prophets are the ones that God's will works through to build what it is that is coming. For some, that takes the place of visions and that can do that end. For others, that takes the form of prophecy and that is again for that end. The miraculous is never in and of itself. It is always for the end of building the kingdom, always for the end of following the will of God. And so here we are in those last days. The Spirit is upon us. And we, too, are all prophets now. The Spirit is in us. His will can lead us. And with all that we have, we can build the kingdom, follow the will of our Lord. We are prophets now. That is what we see from Pentecost. That is what we see with the Spirit of God in us. For some, that takes the form of the miraculous and the fantastical. But for all of us, the Spirit is in us, equipping us to speak the words we need to, the gospel we need to, to those around us, and to build the kingdom through all of the other tools at our disposal if these are not the ones that we have. And so, as you go out today after Pentecost, as you live as believers, remember that. The Spirit is in us. Come upon us like a mighty wind, like a tongue of fire. And as you talk about your faith with those around you, either that don't know our Lord or who do, you are the mouthpiece, you are the megaphone, you are the dialect, but the speaker is the spirit in us. And as you go out and build the church in the ways that you need to, as you go out and build the kingdom in the town around us, as you live to those who are next to us in a way that shows them the love of God, know that you are equipped as the prophets themselves were. So don't expect anything less than the work of God. The Spirit has come. Pentecost has arrived. The Spirit has come. Amen. I invite you to stand and join with us for the doxology. We'll sing it once without the Amen, and then invite Pastor Russell to um, pray with us, and then we'll sing it one more time with the Amen. <clears throat>
for our benediction, we turn to the book of Numbers. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his face and give you peace. Go now and serve our God.